Earth people. I was born. <laughs> Earth people. All right. Welcome to the Getting My Act Together podcast for the first day of March 2022. I hope you're doing well, and I hope you understood right at the top I was singing, <laughs> singing Earth people. I was born in Jupiter. <laughs> Earth people. <laughs> Does everybody remember Dr. Octagon? Cool Keith's groundbreaking groundbreaking hip-hop record with Dan the Automator. The record was called Dr. Octagon, Octagon Ecologist, Dr. Octagon, Octagon, Lord above, Octagon, Octagon Ecologist, Earth People, I was born in Jupiter, <laughs> Blue Flowers. <laughs> this is for one person in the world who listens to this podcast and you know what? I'm sure, actually, I know the demographic of people who listen to this podcast. There are young people who are digging in the crates who I'm sure know who Cool Keith is, who I'm confident have listened to Dr. Octagon. Dr. Octagynecologist might be what the record's called. Earth people. Fuck it. Nurse, fuck it. There's a horse in the hospital. If you listen to Dr. Octagon and you're in the minority of people... Not on the planet, but people who listen to this podcast who also are Cool Keith supporters and have listened to that record. I only hope I have made your day by <laughs> referring to that record that came out 25 years ago. Earth People. I was born in Jupiter. I was born in Evanston General Hospital in Cook County, Illinois. And a long time ago. So long ago that this Thursday, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention, this Thursday, two days from when you first hear this podcast, my wife and I will be celebrating our 20th wedding anniversary. Can you imagine that? 20, if you're young, you're like, no. If you're old, you're like, no. <laughs> 20 years. We were married on March 3rd of 2002. Just a couple of kids trying to figure it out. And <clears throat> we have not figured it out, but we have not left each other. And generally speaking, we still like each other. 20 years. That goes on my resume. You know what? I have advanced degrees in psychology. I have a master's degree in psychology. I have a fucking PhD in psychology. Those things on my resume go underneath, and I don't really give a shit about, I don't want to say I don't give a shit about it. I'm, I'm proud of what I did. <laughs> I'm not, I, some guy in the crowd the other night said he was proud of something, and I was like, dude, I can tell you have a lot of pride, and I imagine most of it is white. I don't know if I'm proud or not of going to graduate school, but uh, no, I'm proud as when you grow up with insecure, fragile, fragile self-esteem, the idea of being proud doesn't really mean anything to you. At least it doesn't to me. Okay, what's the point? The point is, if I have a resume and it says he has a PhD, but he also has done shows on Bolton Road, which is more important. <laughs> he, and, and did not bomb out at uh, DZ's room on Bolton Road. Uh, 
didn't. Which is more important? I think at the top of my list, being happily married for 20 years is number one in my life. Being numbered, being happily married for 20 years is number one. Number two on that list, certainly way above having a PhD, is quitting smoking. That is the biggest, probably the, that's the hardest. Because being married for 20 years has not been hard. It's, I mean, remaining faithful most of the time has been a real challenge for a man of my appetites. <laughs> I've been faithful also. I've not, I've not strayed once. I cannot speak for my wife. And you know what? At this point, I don't, I don't want to know. Would I care? Sure. Do I want to know? Not really. I don't. Is she going out of town tonight? Yeah. <laughs> she going to a big city with a lot of people, with a lot of good-looking people, with money? Yeah. Did she hitch her wagon to me all those years ago? Yeah. I can't speak for her. Uh, at the top of the list, I think being married for 20... That's the greatest, coolest accomplishment in my life, being married for 20 years, happily married. The second, though, without question, is quitting smoking. That is far more challenging than getting a PhD or doing a show on Bolton Road because Bolton Road you just go out there you fucking bomb and you go home but quitting smoking anyway my yeah 20 goddamn years of marriage thank you very much my wife I, I talk frequently about self-esteem and value and how you move through the world and asking, demanding. Like, Vladimir Putin doesn't ask the environment for things. He fucking takes them. But getting what you want out of the world, from the world, requires, <clears throat> excuse me, at least in part, you knowing your value, or at least bluffing your value. And before I met my wife in my er, mid-twenties, I did not have much of a sense of my own value. And I this this is this and I'll move on from the sappy stuff. I didn't I didn't mean to be sappy. I didn't I didn't mean to bring up Vladimir Putin in the same sentence as my wife, the the love of the my beloved, the love of my life and my beloved. My here's what my wife did for me. My wife told me through her actions, showed me through her actions, not in once telling me fucking anything. She showed me that I was okay. Like, the way you are, or whatever is inside you, is okay. She, you know what she did? She accepted me as I was, which was not much to say, to say the least. I didn't think. But she was like, you're fine the way you are. In her actions. She never once said a thing about it. And what that did was enable me to relax a little bit. Get away from the unhealthy habits of insecurity. Which I empathize with tremendously. And that's why I talk about them frequently to you on this goddamn podcast. Having relaxed, I was able to not worry about securing my self-esteem. But I was... In, I was 
I was able to go do things that I wanted. I was able to pursue life instead of trying to uh, do things that would uh, sort of make me think or do things that I thought would make me feel better about myself. My wife just gave me that sense of security that you're okay the way you are, which translates to so fucking relax and do your thing. And I can't imagine literally what my life would have been like had I met her. Had I, <laughs> had I, had I, I just made her up. I just made up all that shit. Had I not met her. So I'm very grateful for that, which is why I probably said it, and it sounds so uh, sounds so cucky, doesn't it? <laughs> doesn't it, my uh, parlor listeners coming in here, my January 6th crew? Doesn't it sound cucky to say that I feel like if I cheated on my wife, it would be, the betrayal would be so tremendous because whatever I have that other women would respond to and be kind enough to yank me into the sheets is... Whatever that is that they would be responding to in me is largely a product of the self-acceptance and self-belief that my wife conferred to me, has given to me, or gave to me really back when I needed it most. And I'm incredibly grateful for that. And I'm I'm incredibly grateful for that. So that's why I... I you hear me talking periodically. Well, you're like, dude, you fucking talk about it every time. About getting in lanes and grooves that make you feel good about yourself, surrounding yourself with good people and people that just accept you the way you fucking are. Doesn't mean they don't hold you accountable, but, you know, and I check my wife plenty. Don't worry, boys, I keep her in line. <laughs> uh, happy first day of Women's History Month, by the way. It's March 1st. And thank goodness, Black History, that 28 days as we've survived that. Black History Month should be much longer for, despite the smaller, relatively, whatever it is, 13% population, black people uh, comprising the United States of America, it should be geometrically more prevalent considering the journey that black people, the, the journey is the word I'll use without going too deep into it, that black people have had in this country. Not just, anyway, black people deserve more, as you know, and I'm grateful for my wife allowing me to pursue life, is basically what it is, with with a bit of clarity and a bit of, I don't want to say purpose, but not fighting those goddamn battles about, like, do you like me? Can you like me? Can you? So, anyway, that's... That's where we are. Today is March 1st. My anniversary is on March 3rd. My wife and I, we didn't elope, but we went to, uh, we told our, her stepdad was still alive. We told my mom and stepdad and her mom and her stepdad, we said, hey, no offense and no homo, (laughs) but we want to we'll go get married on our own. We're not religious people. We're not big ceremony tradition people. We are now because we've been together for so long and we do Ventilador 500 and spin animals off the, off the fan and want to have traditions for our daughter now all these years later. But uh, coming from split 
blended whatever families we you know we're we're not big on and you will get married as the person did before you in this wonderful place what we said to our families was listen we will go we didn't say listen like look you motherfucker we'll go get married and in in another country we'll go get married in another country and we'll come back <clears throat> and we'll have a big party <laughs> and come back and have a big party what is that from? So what we did was, once we got it through there, once we communicated to them, we're not trying to exclude you, we're not trying to do this by ourselves. We just want to go do it by ourselves. <laughs> and then we'll come back and have have a big party in San Diego. And we did. Of all places in 2002... We wanted to get married in Venezuela. We lived in San Diego at the time. You've heard me on the podcast somewhere, maybe once or twice, talk about uh, taking the knee and getting engaged and then going down to the local Kindred Spirits, the bar that was closed by the ATF, and buying the house around. And it turned out to be like literally like three draft beers. It was like six seventy five or something. I'm like, I should... <laughs> I should step out and treat the boys a little bit more. We went to, we wanted to go to Venezuela to get married. Why did we want to go to Venezuela? Well, because we wanted to go to South America because uh, we have fondness for the culture and we grew up in Southern California. So it was like <laughs> very similar. We, Actually, didn't grow up around a lot of Venezuelans. <clears throat> we wanted to go to Venezuela and get married, but, and I probably mentioned this too, it was challenging because the United States actually didn't make it hard. The United States said, and our, whatever they're called in the city of San Diego, the registrar, whoever it is, the official person who records marriages, because you have to make sure people know that you are linked together for whatever legal reasons, and I know they're abundant. They were not a problem. They said, wherever you go get married, if you just bring a certificate back, we'll recognize it and you're true. What was challenging was going to Venezuela because they said, uh, there's all this bullshit that goes into it. Meaning, you, because I, as I understood it, the strong Catholicism in the country and tradition that they have, we would have had to place an ad in the newspaper saying, does anyone object to this woman giving herself to this man and then that's like a two-week process and all this other bullshit that just didn't make any seemed a little convoluted to us and we just weren't up to the task and right off the coast of Venezuela is Trinidad and Tobago and we called them up and they're like yeah dude if I can just hop over in the afternoon <laughs> and you're good to go so <clears throat> that's what we did we essentially what did we do? We essentially honeymooned. We went to Venezuela for almost a week and a half, bef honeymoon before our wedding, just the way the schedules worked out. And then when we, so we were in Venezuela, we traveled all around, went up into the Andes, went out to the Orinoco and uh, Puerto Ordaz, spent time in Caracas, and Apparently it was sketchy then too. I know it's sketchy now, or I perceive it to be sketchy. 
but it was sketchy then and in Caracas they're like hey you know don't go outside after you know like 4 p.m because you know what you're staying at our hotel and we don't want your blood on our goddamn hands and we were young and in love and like okay we'll bomb the city in the morning and go out during the day and then we'll come back and drink by the pool in the evening and go to bed and didn't fret that we weren't in the latest disco fix. So we did the honeymoon before the wedding and then and then flew over to first Trinidad TNT. We went to Trinidad and the big park in the middle there is called the Queen's Park Savannah. I think we stayed a night in in, in what's called Port of Port of Spain as the capital. And then we flew again in, in maybe the smallest plane I've ever been on in my life. It was like a, a bicycle with, a, you know, a baseball hat on top. We flew to Tobago and then stayed for a few days at a, I guess you'd call it a resort. It was kind of, it was, yeah, it was a resort. And we got married there in like a garden. We were married by the one person on the island who could marry us and his right-hand man, and <clears throat> our witnesses were, we we needed witnesses, and they told us that. And they also said the wedding should be good for this Sunday, March 3rd, 2002, and I want to verify that it was March, what, that it was a Sunday. I'm pretty sure it was a Sunday, Saturday or Sunday. You can look it up by the time I'm done talking. You're like, no, dude, it was actually a Tuesday. Pretty sure it was a Sunday. Like the guy should show up, and if he if he shows up, you're all good. But you need to have witnesses. So we scoured, meaning we looked around the pool at the resort, and there were a handful of couples there. A handful of I don't know, I don't think I saw more than like 18 people the whole time we were there. But there was this older couple, probably older than we are, maybe in their early 60s, and we we're like, they look reasonably happy why don't we ask them to observe our wedding so that's what we did we went up to them like hey would you mind being our witnesses and they're like we don't speak english (laughs) or at least my wife doesn't but the guy did and it turned out probably a nazi war criminal because he ran some like pharmaceutical company in frankfurt or munich or something like that where Jason Bourne did some work. I saw some Jason Bourne the other night. You know who's the bad guy? The bad guy is the CIA. That company that I apply that I thought about applying to last summer on the podcast or that podcast episode titled A Mission Like No Other describes my flirtation with the CIA. I thought about applying there. Anyway, we approached this German couple and the guy like I said, it was like a pharmaceutical titan or, you know, sarin gas magnet. <laughs> just some German dude getting his, just getting it done. He spoke enough English where we said, hey, we like, we've seen you at breakfast or whatever and at the pool and we like the way you roll. Would you mind observing our wedding? We need witnesses just to sign the thing. And they were nice enough to do it. And we got married. And then we, that was it. We were married. And I remember the feeling quite distinctly. Almost like, and it was like, like I said, it was in a garden. We're wearing, I'm wearing shorts and a, 
short sleeve collared shirt. My wife is wearing, uh, she's wearing a red skirt and a white cotton top. And I remember very distinctly once it was like, I pronounce you or it's official. It was very, it was very, it did not take long. It was not a Catholic wedding. It was in and out of there in like 12 minutes. But it was beautiful. The feeling I had afterward was I felt like I weighed eight more pounds. I felt like, like kind of like an adult, like more, more like an adult than I had ever felt. Like, okay, I'm, I'm part of this unit. I'm a husband, you know, not saluting and and all this, like, you know, cutting my chest open and splashing blood on my face. It wasn't super primal, but it was, I'm an adult. I'm an adult now. I just got married. I took the knee. I bought a round <laughs> kindred spirits before they got closed by <laughs> the ATF. And now I'm an adult. And it was uh, for someone who have has have had my issues. I felt it felt really good. And I knew I was with the right person. I just felt heavier. And by the way, if I, I, I feel like I've said it. For those of you contemplating entering into a long-term agreement with someone, a relationship status, being married is the stuff of lore. People talk a lot of shit about it, right? The old ball and chain, my husband's a fucking dummy, whatever. If you marry the right person, it's the best thing in the world because what also happens is what I referred to earlier, the empowerment, the mutual empowerment. As a married couple, my wife and I each... Between, between the two of us got like four different college degrees. And we traveled all over the world. We had done some volunteering. We've done, my wife, you know, in her 30s, like went to tap dancing. Like it just empowers you to, it's, it's the greatest thing ever if you marry the right person. Okay, great, dude, we get it. You, you, you got lucky. It's true. The catch is, I don't want to say, you can't, but you can't know for sure that the person is the right one. You can't be certain about that, that they're the right one. But what you can be certain of, I think, is if they're, I think you can know they're not the right one. And that's the toughest voice to listen to. I think that's, that's my premarital advice. (laughs) Anyway, that's, uh, and then we came back and we had a great party. In San Diego, <clears throat> which we had a DJ that I met at Kindred Spirits, actually, and brought over and said, hey, dude, you want to DJ our wedding party? And it was just friends and family. And then we had a great San Diego band, one of the one of my favorite bands of all time, called The Dragons. They, led by Mario Escovedo, they played... Ramones and Rolling Stones covers for an hour and so we had a DJ and then after dinner or snacks or not snacks but whatever heavy hors d'oeuvres all right dude what are you a wedding planner now anyway the fucking dragons played our wedding party and they played Ramones and Rolling Stones covers and it was it was fucking terrific and then we went across at at, at the, the Park Manor Hotel which is primarily a gay hotel right off Balboa Park on the roof 
And then right after, we went across the street to the Khalif, which is a gay bar, a.k.a. Uh, the Wrinkle Room, <laughs> also known as God's Waiting Room. <laughs> I've heard gay guys call it Jurassic Park. And we went over there and listened to a guy play uh, show tunes on a piano with the whole wedding party, and it was a blast. And they're like, oh, my God, who are these breeders? Ugh. So <clears throat> that's this week. What I've gotten this far, I didn't mean to tell you all about that, but I, you know, I like to share with you 20 goddamn years. I didn't even tell you about Limerick Junction, and I'm gonna, I'm not gonna talk for the rest of the podcast about Limerick Junction, but Limerick is tonight, and I'm not gonna be there, so you definitely want to go. Nikki All Caps Murphy is guest hosting, and I don't even say guest hosting because Nick is a part of the show. Nick is hosting Limerick tonight, and we have a phenomenal lineup. 9 p.m. Virginia Highland, Atlanta, Georgia, 822 North Highland Avenue, I think is what it is. The lineup goes like this. One of my favorite people, not comics, not musicians, not adults, not women. Sam Severin is opening the show. I'm so excited. And the only thing that sucks is I'm not going to be there. Well, okay, I should explain. I'm not going to be there because my wife is going out of town today, Tuesday, and flying to New York for some uh, celebratory end of client engagement, big dinner, lots of wine, and then flying home the next morning. So I am going to be parenting. So I'm going to stay with my daughter. And my wife's like, well, you want to get a babysitter and go to Limerick? Like, <laughs> come on, dude. I'm... I can I can take one night off from Limerick. So that's that's why I will not be at Limerick, but Nick Murphy will be hosting. Sam Severin will be going first. She is a musician, she's an artist, she's a stand-up comic, and I'm so glad to have her back on the Limerick stage. I am uh, the only it's it's bittersweet that I won't be there. Sam's opening up and you know who's going second? It's old and I mean that literally old He's older than I am. Polly Ollinger. Headlining comic. Ripped his headlining set at Caroline's in New York City. Paul Ollinger will be on the show at Limerick. Paul also is giving me shit because he's like, oh, I see. Because Paul's Catholic. So he, he's very passive aggressive. <laughs> he says, oh, I see. You booked me on the show, but you're not going to be there. Fine. That's like... Listening, and this is also where Paul's lane is. <laughs> he says it's like listening to fresh air, but but it's uh, but Terry Gross. It's like being a guest on Fresh Air, but Terry Gross is not there. It's David Baruncicalo or something like that. I don't know. The, respectfully, David, I just don't know the last name. Paul put it in a text, and I didn't really read it. It's like being like a. Paul feels like he's going to be a guest on Fresh Air, but Terry Gross is not going to be there. Instead. This other person is. And I thought about saying, you know what? Nick Murphy is a lot funnier than any of those fucking people. So, you know, watch your goddamn mouth. Paul is on there. I'm thrilled for that. After Paul, who's going? Minori Hines. I don't think Minori has been on... She has not been on Limerick post-COVID. And even before COVID, it had been a while. I, I had not seen her. Minori Hines is Hines, H-I-N-D-S is going to be on the show. And then after Minori comes 
a comic who's closed out Limerick and ripped it, and a Limerick regular, Limerick favorite, additionally, Patrick Dalton is on. And then your final two comics, here's what I was doing. And young comics, if you're listening, these two young comics, I'm trying to push them. I'm trying to, I'm trying to, trying to develop them and help them spread their wings. So I'm giving them, giving, I'm putting them in these later in the show, hotter, better, and kind of also more pressure because if you go up in that fifth slot, you're following Sam. I mean, you're following club regulars, all of them whom are club regulars. You're following Sam, Paul, Minori, and Patrick Dalton. You have to come strong. And so what I want to do is I want to give these younger guys an opportunity to fucking like, okay, motherfucker, let's go. And so in that fifth spot, at 10 p.m. is Isaiah Pringle, who I, I think is hilarious and has a high upside. Isaiah Pringle, and you know who's featuring? <laughs> Ali Hader. That's right. He is featuring, and he's going to do 15 minutes, and he's going to rip, and I wish I could be there, but I'm so excited for him, and I know he's thrilled. So it's going to be a great time. So please come over to Limerick. And, you know, spend some money. Hey, you don't have to spend money. You fucking steal a salt shaker if you want. But I will be there in spirit. Nick will be there in in flesh. And then I'll um, the next night, if you really have been jonesing for, for seeing me, I will be at the Laughing Skull on Wednesday night, tomorrow night, hosting the open mic. I mentioned, you know, in talking about my, I was just reminded talking about my wife and my, journey and then thinking back to our younger lives we yesterday or sunday went to uh a little play play date i guess is what it was you know what it was i'll tell you what it was let me gather myself cheers to you all right so here's what it was my wife told me on sunday that excuse me, some friends of ours were having a, or a friend, a friend of ours, a female friend, a female friend with a kid, some friends of ours, what the fucking, why am I trying to, well, because we're friends through the fact that we have daughters or kids the same age, not like friends and then we each had kids together and it's the blah, blah, blah. We're friends through the children. That maybe should be a caveat. What is your relationship? We're friends through the kids. (laughs) <laughs> it's like when the bartender's your friend. Oh, no, the bartender's a friend of mine. Yes, I know, but was he or she your friend before they were bartending, or you just like to go to the bar and the two of you struck up a friendship after that? My wife told me that this is Sunday morning. By the way, Saturday shows of the Laughing Skull were terrific. I had a bunch of neighbors come to the 5 o'clock show, and they were so well-behaved, apparently, which is pretty sad. (laughs) Uh, Both shows were great, and I got home in time to get to bed at a reasonable hour so I could get up on Sunday morning at 7.30 and be part of the goddamn family like a patriarch should. So on Sunday morning, my wife told me that our friends are having a jewelry party. At three in the afternoon. And I said, what is, what's, I didn't know what that was exactly, a jewelry party. And she said, it's like, 
you know, some woman will bring, she, she actually, my wife said it's like a, a, like a Tupperware party or an Avon party. And I was like, dude, even we are not that old fucking Tupperware party. What are you talking about? <clears throat> but essentially it's just like an, ex, not an excuse. Women, it's generally women get together and look at shit that they like and then buy it. And the woman who drags her bag of goods over to that house. So there are a couple significant figures. There's the host, the woman who owns the house. And then there's the person who brings the goods. And as I learned, a jewelry party does not mean like, and there will be five. I'm sure it is in a money neighborhood. In the Upper East Side of Manhattan, a jewelry party might be like, and there's a $400,000 necklace. But this was not like that. I was like, it's like a Tupperware party, you know, it's kind of a social event, the gals get together, and this one, you bring your kid, and I was like, sounds great, what time are you all going, <laughs> I just, and she's like, oh, well, you're welcome to go, she, no pressure or anything, she's like, you're, you're welcome to go, but I had set it up like, oh, you know, what, what time are the two of what you and my daughter are going? Uh, she said, well, you're welcome to go. And in being mindful of being involved in my child's life, which I uh, have been mindful of <laughs> since the day she was born, I was like, okay. I put on my radar like, all right, cool. Well, thank you. Uh, we'll see We'll see after nap time, which is... Nap time is a loose term we use in this house to refer to when the parents on Saturday and Sunday afternoon try to close their eyes for 30 minutes between 1.30 and 3 p.m. while the three-year-old who really should be napping goes ape shit around the house because her parents are trying to sleep and not paying full attention to her. That's what nap time means. So I said, all right, we'll see what's what after nap time. And then... After nap time, when my wife said, hey, I'm going to start getting ready to go to the party. I took it to mean a little bit of like, I'd like this to be a family outing. I don't know if she meant that or not, but I really was on the fence. I was like, God, I could just, if I had an hour to get some shit done here by myself, I was thinking that. But I got the sense she wanted it to be a family event, which is great. And like I said, I'm mindful of being involved in my child's life particularly when she has away games at other people's houses and different experiences. I found myself shaving, taking a shower, and you know making myself look presentable to the wider world. And all of a sudden, we're in the car going to the jewelry party, which the drive to the jewelry party is less than four minutes, which is phenomenal. And the mom likes to drink and I'm not saying she's drunk she likes to drink and she'll be the first to tell you she's she fast becoming one of my favorite people but she likes to drink and she she just wants to have people around to drink with you know she doesn't want to sit there and drink by herself because she's social she's an extrovert love to talk it up her husband is the opposite he will sit in a glass enclosure that you can see him while everyone's carrying on having the party and you can just see him in his study working, which is cool. He probably makes a lot of money, uh, but he, he just he's an introvert. He just works, stays back there, comes out Sunday after like two hours just to 
nod. And really, he's coming out probably because he's going to go for a walk. <laughs> he's not coming out to interact with the party. It works for them, and that's great. But I really like this woman, and she likes to drink. So I like her even more. So we get over there, and there are six other women, and no men. I'm the only man. And I said to the jewelry person, like, are you, you probably don't have any, <laughs> you don't have any items for me, do you? I'm the only man there. Which, you know, it is Georgia, which is pretty traditional, so they're probably not going to get a lot of Auburn dads, like, filing over this jewelry party. But also, like, you know, they're, the women are looking at me like, does your, your wife fucking drag you to this thing? <laughs> I'm like, no, I love her. Her anniversary's coming up. We have a three-year-old daughter. It's going to be great. And it was fun. And, you know, it was fun in that, it was a good time for our family. We we had a we had an enjoyable afternoon. Basically, had and I I thought about this three times while we were sitting in this woman's very nice home, not like you know magazine photograph nice home, but very nice home. And she's a great mom, I think, because she you can tell she loves her daughter and she gives her all sorts of stuff to do and. Just lets her be and gives her, you know, structure and all. I'm, I'm not, she's, I really like this woman. We're in this really nice home. And this is what I thought three times while I'm drinking champagne on Sunday afternoon at 4 p.m. In this woman's really nice home while these women are buying jewelry. And this, this the seller of the jewelry, you know, each piece like, oh, what's this? She's like... This was made in Guatemala and the proceeds go to... So it's like supposedly all benefits, you know, local artists and stuff like that from wherever it's made. But the woman who's selling it or uh, presenting it, she doesn't need to do this. Like this is not her main hustle. This is just what she likes to do. I could tell by listening to her. She's put kids through expensive schools and, you know, this is just what she's doing on a Sunday afternoon, having a glass of wine and showing you some bracelets. And and when I say not expensive, like three of these bracelets for $38 or something like that, or three of these little rings for $50. So it's not like super expensive. What I thought three different times was about Russia and Ukraine. <laughs> I'm sorry to kill the podcast. Maybe the podcast already killed, but I couldn't help not think about what the fuck is going on over there and how your man, our man, Putin, meaning our man who has greatly influenced our last election, who has greatly compelled our division in our country so needlessly, so hackily is fucking caused such mayhem in Ukraine and mayhem is putting it lightly dude I'm not I you know I watched the BBC and the coverage there is just amazing they don't do a whole lot of talking they just say here's where we are and they show you a bunch of video and it's incredibly powerful and I just it didn't 
keep me from you know having chicken tenders and champagne yesterday but it was uh i don't want to say it wasn't as enjoyable because it wasn't about me enjoying myself it just was kind of like a what the fuck moment of why am i why this this is just the way of the world i suppose there will be dictators and there will be populations that get fucking run over by tanks and bombed and apartments that get blown up and then in other parts of the world's neighborhood there's some asshole sitting there listening to a woman talk about you know her cool slutty days back in her 20s and I was like you know that's kind of redundant because <laughs> I've never met an uncool slut like people are like I really don't like that slut I mean, the other women don't like her. <laughs> I've never heard people say she's uncool. <laughs> like she's very cool, very popular. I mean, that's you know how people get popular in high school very often. Um, it was just a weird sort of juxtaposition to think about, and this is not really going anywhere. So I'm gonna end the podcast because I've I've spoken at length and. Uh, but man, I don't know. Fucking Ukraine. But yeah, I'll tell you what. The Ukraine, what is inspirational to me, and all of Ukraine, it seems, and much of the larger world, and I do owe an apology to Switzerland, because even fucking Switzerland, apparently, is no longer neutral. And they're like, we're going to pretend to slow down Russian banking activity here, even though we've helped them all the way up until yesterday. Just like the rest of the world is a fucking hypocrite. Like, we're not going to let the soccer, the Russian soccer team do anything. And sorry, y'all can't go to the World Cup. Even though we gave you a fucking World Cup and at least won Olympics in like the last six years. But now all of a sudden Putin's a problem. What the hypocrisy is just mind-boggling. But what is really inspirational is this guy Zelensky. You know why? Because he was a fucking comic before he became the president of Ukraine. Well, maybe that's why you're getting fucking run over by Putin. I don't know. But he's sitting there, standing tall, and it's not Kiev, as I grew up saying. It's, how do you, Kiev? 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 I was just thinking the other day, now we all know the right way to spell, pronounce it, or the wanky way to spell it, like Los Angeles or Pakistan. Kiev? Whatever, we grew up saying Kiev, which is not the way to say it. Like, I'll have the chicken Kiev. <laughs> Some of that delicious Russian-Ukrainian, that Soviet cuisine, if you will. But this guy Zelensky, he's, he's, he's managing his impression well. I don't know what the man's about, but I know he's standing tall, at least presenting that he's standing tall. There's complexity of everything. And he's saying, no, I don't need a escape route. I need ammunition. And the people are like, this fucking guy, he's demonstrating courage, I think. As I'm sitting there drink, eating, drinking champagne and eating chicken fingers. This man Zelensky is in Kiev, however you fucking say it. He's in the capital, like taking selfies of like, I'm here. I'm, what, is, what is that uh, record? It's me, snitches. That's what he's saying. It's me. I'm here. And he's challenging the EU and he's challenging the rest of the world 
to fucking come get involved and do the right thing. And you know what? He was a comic. He was a comic actor before he became a politician. So apparently Ukraine is like the United States because we elected a reality show person in Donald J. Trump and also a former actor in Ronald Reagan. But this guy Zelensky is like, he, in a way, he's being successful and courageous, I think. It's because as a former comic, he knows what it's like to be humiliated and defeated. And he's bombed in his little skits. <laughs> I say that like parents of stand-up comics say, Oh, okay, are you going to put me in one of your little skits? That's an ongoing thing that it's almost hack for comics to talk about how their relatives say, Oh, how are your little skits going? But Zelensky has stepped on his dick and bombed numerous times. So he's like, what's the worst that can happen? The Russian army can come into Kiev? Anyway, I'm all blue and yellow. And I'm all about this guy Zelensky. And I'm all about you. And I'm all about Limerick tonight, hosted by Nick Murphy. And headlined, featured by Ali Hader. So please come and uh, say hello to those participants and if you want to see me uh, immediately i'll be at the laughing skull on wednesday night where apparently neighbor listens to the podcast i hear you're going to be coming through so look forward to seeing you have a great week and i'll talk to you on friday